Good evening and welcome to a very special night, Sunday night edition of our Daf Yomi podcast. Typically we don't have podcast on Sunday. We don't have the shear on Sunday. However, we finished Maseches Erevin today, Tafshin Pei Aleph. We don't know when logistics will allow us to have, due to the COVID-19 virus, the ability to have a seaman person for Maseches Erevin, and truly it was an astounding accomplishment, a wonderful accomplishment. So I wanted to read the last five lines of Daf Kufhei in Maseches Erevin and give a short introduction to Maseches Psachim. So five lines from the bottom, Rabbi Shimon Omer. He has a statement in the Mishnah that's quite cryptic. Says the Mishnah, Reb Shimon Omer, which literally means whenever the Chachamim gave you a heter, they gave you only gave you what was already belonging to you. Okay, and then This is in Kuftalim and Beis, the Mishnah, the last Mishnah here, that they only allowed something for you from Shvus which is a reference to the Shvus B'mikdash, the Mishnah in, in the beginning of this Mishnah, and the Gemara actually leading up to it talks about the conundrum that one finds themselves when a Sharetz is in the Mikdash. On one hand, the Sharetz is Mitame things and needs to be taken out of there. On the other hand, one who handles the Sharetz, the Sharetz itself is Muktzah, and one who handles it becomes Tame, and so it becomes a problem in terms of how do you handle the Sharetz in the most efficient way to minimize the damage that the Sharetz does to its surroundings, but also to minimize the handling of the Sharetz. Well, it's certainly an interesting question, but Rabbi Shimon's statement has nothing to do with it whatsoever, as all of the Mepharshim explain. Not only that, Rabbi Shimon's statement, even in a vacuum, is an, an enigma wrapped in riddles, shrouded in mystery. We'll try to unlock it in these next five lines, and with that we'll finish Masechus Ervin. So says the Gemara, Rabbi Shimon Hechakai, what is Rabbi Shimon talking about? Hasam Kai. He's referring to the ruling he gave in the Mishnah there. Where's there? Nun Beis. Yeah, all the way back, about a hundred daf ago or more, the idea was that the Tchum had an extra 15 ama of padding, as we will see. We learned in that Mishnah already. It's none. Person is walking and he finds himself outside the Tchum. Uh, and unfortunately, it's already Shabbos. He didn't make it. He did not make it. So, Afilu Ama Achas says, even if he's just an Ama outside the Tchum, the Tanakam says, Lo Yikanes. To which Rabbi Shimon Oimer, Afilu Ama Yikanes. That even if he's within 15 Ama, not just one Ama, but 15 Ama of the Tchum, he can go into the city. Why? The Meshachos are the surveyors. They placed markers. Uh, at the time, we talked in that Mishnah, but how you delineate where the edge of town is, where the edge of the Tchum is, well, the uh, surveyors usually gave an extra 15 ama. Why? Mimatsin asamidos. They don't give the full measure, mipne hatoim, because of those who, who make mistakes. Either they can make mistakes in their, in their um, estimate, or the people walking can make mistakes. They basically are accounting for human error, so they err on the side of having it 15 amos further than what you would think. Well, those 15 amos rightfully, right, so to speak, belong to the residents, meaning they're making it, did I say further? I meant closer, right, because it being machmir. So they're making the tchum 15 amos closer than it actually rightfully would be, so that such that if somebody comes in within 15 amma of the perimeter, the marked perimeter of a city, he knows 
that it's really, um, there's really more uh, space, that really the city is 50 amas further than where it's marked. It's like the first law you learn in NCSY, which is that candlelighting is not exactly Shkia, that you still have another 18 minutes until Shkia, and then you really, really, you're Mechal Shabbos. Everyone runs late, and that's why Nerev Shabbos is a very busy time. Anyway, so that's the Fishainam Shochos Mzatzitz Midos Mpneatoim, and that's what it means. The Kamar Tanakamal Ikanes, the Tanakama says you can't go in, even if you were the Ama of that Chum, and Ama Le Rabbi Shimon Ikanes. Rabbi Shimon says certainly you can go in, and that is what he meant when he said, that we have already given you what you really rightfully was yours, which is to say that it's referring to those 15 Amos. Now, the last statement, So what does that mean? So three lines up from the bottom. What's that talking about? This is unrelated, apparently, to the Tchum, and in fact, it is unrelated. That's referring really over there to the mission we had much more recently on you might recall that we had a machlokas there between Tanakama and Rav Shimon. If you pop a string on, your, if you're a levy, you're popping a string on your harp while you're playing on Shabbos. So there's machlokas whether you have to tie it with an actual knot or whether you could just tie it with a bow. So to that, Rav Shimon said, The reason why he's saying that you could tie it with a bow is because a Bow is something that can't bring you to a chiyuv chatos. Kshira the asi the chiyuv chatos lo shari lerabanan. A knot that can become a chiyuv chatos. Now it would only be a chiyuv der oraisa if it was a keshel shekayama. Presumably this knot was not intended to be a keshel shekayama, but certainly if you left it long enough, uh, it could be. And therefore the very act, the paula, as Rabbi Sefer would say, of tying the knot could be an iser der oraisa. And therefore that iser der oraisa is aser. And because it may come to that kind of iser, Rabbi Shimon is not willing to do it. Rabbi Leibowitz, the great Dafyomi master, has uh, pointed out that it is, in fact, fitting that we finish with this Tchum and with this Derabanon, Shvus versus the Mikdash. May the base of Mikdash be rebuilt, Merve Amenu, and may all of those uh, Shvusin uh, come into effect, as well as all of Tchumin should be in effect. And really, all of these are an homage to the, the Darabonans, all of the Silchas Ervin, and Rabbi has pointed out something that even Rabbi Kiva, when we've been saying so many times that he holds that Tchumin of Daraisa, even he, he doesn't, he's not referring to the 2000 Amot Tchum that we're familiar with, the Erev Tchumin that we mentioned, but rather the Yudbe's Mil Tchum, a, t- a different Daraisa consideration that we paid less attention to. So, really, all of Hilchas Ervin is Darabonans. This is an homage. What would we do without our rabbis, without uh, Chazal? And we are very grateful indeed to have done so. Uh, when we return uh, to the Tchum, when we return to our source, Bezrat Hashem, we will uh, reclaim that which was originally ours. Uh, certainly Chazal say that we already learnt this Erevin in the womb with the Malach, but I must say, uh, this was certainly a very valuable Chazara to the extent that it was Chazara. Most of it seemed very new. And so we will say, May we continue to return and return and return again to the source uh, and, and reclaim what has been given to us by Hashem, the beautiful Torah, the beautiful Maseches Erevin. Hadrach Maseches Erevin. Mazel Tev to everyone for finishing Maseches Erevin. Okay. Now, in contrast to Maseches Erevin, which is all Durbanans, 
the Masechus Psachim starts with the Yisr of Chametz. In fact, Masechus Psachim is in chronological order. So, meaning chronological order of the day of Pesach. So it'll start from Erev Pesach, as you'll see, already before that, you're starting to search for chametz, and then it goes through, all the way through the handling of the chametz and the Korban Pesach, etc. So that'll be very exciting to go in order. The Korban Pesach, some of it may be unfamiliar, and there'll be prakim devoted to the details of it, but it's certainly a, an important limud of kachim to learn. Now, where we start is Orla Basar. The Orla Basar on the evening of the 14th, we have to start checking for chametz. So, Rabbi Yaakov Litki, B'ezras Hashem, will be uh, reading, teaching this to us tomorrow. But I will say, Orla Basar, first of all, the whole page, and really going on even to Daf Gimel, will be 15 attempts to figure out whether or means day or night. So, in, that, in those 15 attempts, we will hopefully learn a lot. At the time that we learn, it's unclear uh, even after those 15 attempts whether that's actually uh, day or night. I guess it depends on the day. But be that as it may, Orlar Basar, the Isser of Chametz could not be more different than Erevin. Erevin, which is entirely Darabanan, essentially. Um, this is not so of Chametz. Chametz, it has so many psukim. Ach be'yom that you should destroy the chametz from your house. I'm reading from different psukim, uh, not next to each other, that have to do with chametz. You can't find it. You shouldn't see it anywhere. And then we say, So clearly, a massive, massive emphasis. In the psukim, in Isser Kares, in fact. On this chametz, you certainly can't eat it. You can't have a gnaw from it, according to almost all the shitos. So you, you can't have anything to do with this chametz. And it's clearly emphasized, again, not by Rabbanon, but by the Torah. And so we'll just, it's impossible to get past the first daf without pointing out the uh, firestorm that Rashi starts by saying, when it says, Or la basar chametz he says, The second line in Rashi in Masechus Psachim. That you shouldn't be over Bali Matzei. This Tosfos takes to mean that, and it certainly is Pasha Prat and Rashi, that the Bedika, the Bedika of the Chamech himself is to address the Isser de Oraisa Bali Rai Bali Tosfos has a Cheshbun. Later on in the Gemara, we say that anybody anybody who checks chametz has to also do bitul chametz, and we know also the midah raisa bitul be'almasagi. The midah raisa, if all you did was bitul, then that would be enough. And therefore, it sounds like if bitul is enough and midah raisa, all you need to do is bitul, and you always have to do bitul. So then, why are we saying that bedika is in fact a a, uh, a way to avoid the Doraisa by Rabbi Matzei, Badika is, in, in essence, just to help and abet the real act of getting rid of it, of Bittel. So that's Tosus Pshat. Tosus also asks if it's true that, so Tosus basically posits that, um, that, bit, that Bittel is the way you get rid of it, but Badika is really just. Basically, Bedika is so that you won't, it's to help you not violate it. That it's a Darabana to help you not violate 
the bittel because your bittel might get ruined if you don't do proper medika and then you are mevatel so that might work but if you find some chametz subsequent to that then it might ruin your das you might renege on your bittel and therefore there's an iser derabanan or a chiv derabanan I should say of doing the medika as well now that having been said the Ran defends Rashi he gives a shot which uh, the way I'll explain it, it'll sound balabatish perhaps uh, the deeper you understand the Ran, the more lundish it becomes. It's actually a very difficult um, Ran, and a lot has been written, much ink has been spilled about it. But the basic premise in defense of the Rashi is that we see all these other psukim. By the way, Tosfos asks, why would the Isser of Chametz require more safeguards than any other of these other Isserim uh, that don't require as many safeguards? So that's already que- that question is uh, something that is perplexing that one would even ask the question. After all, we see such an emphasis in the Pesukim, so clearly there's something specially unique about wanting to get rid of chametz, you know, barring even any, uh, you know, mushy, musr, vart that you're going to say, even barring any homiletics, it's just clearly in terms of halacha, that's what appears in the Pesuk. But be that as it may, the Ran says, with, uh, in defense of Rashi, that it's a belt and suspenders approach, very creative shot, one could say, that what we want is an end result. And the end result, and this again is a balabatish, probably butchering of the Ran. I hope Rabbi Safford doesn't hear me say this Ran over because we spent months, as people do in yeshiva, talking about it. And this is really an oversimplification of the Ran, to say the least. But it's worth at least getting our feet wet in what we're saying. Because tomorrow we're going to listen to, we're going to read the daf, we're going to listen to Yaakov describe, you know, 11 of the 15 uh, different uh, ways of understanding the word or we can't we can't for we can't bypass this lumdus over here so um, Laurent says as follows belt and suspenders both bittel and badika are essentially going to be necessary and whichever one are you're going to use will be the way that you get rid of the chametz so the end result is that you want the chametz to be destroyed you don't want to see it you don't want to find it you don't want it to happen okay so there's two ways you could do that. One way would be the Tosfos way, right? The way the Gemara says. So that's the only way the Gemara highlights. But both ways would really work. So we'll do the Gemara's way first, Tosfos' way first, which is the Bittel is the Doraisa, which means you've done the Bittel and you did the Doraisa, and that's your main thing, and it's no longer considered yours, and whatever lambdas you need to do to get to dissociate from those Chametz. Now, you need Badika to back up the Bittel, because if you did the Bittel and you found, you know, pieces of bread, then the bittel would get compromised. That's, so therefore you need both. But the first one is the is the Daraisa, which is the bittel, and then the Darabanan would be to have the belt and suspenders to back it up. But you could even say it the other way. You could say that, it, how are you gonna get rid of it? You're gonna get rid of it by Badika. If you do that and that's your intention, then maybe that would be the Daraisa. Again, the Torah doesn't tell you bittel. The Torah doesn't tell you Badika. The Torah only tells you, right, Tashbisu, and Bayiroi Bayimotse. So those things don't necessarily, necessarily mean either Bittel or Badika. They just mean get rid of this. You don't want to see it. You don't want to. Okay. So if you understand it like that, according to the Ran, so then again, the other approach could be to just get rid of it with Badika. Now you've gotten rid of it. Ah, maybe you'll still, you did an incomplete job, so belt and suspenders. You've gotten rid of everything you can find, but you're also mevatalit in order to get rid of 
of to have an extra layer of protection, which is certainly necessary. The question of why it would be necessary is really written out, is borne out in the psukim how many times it's mentioned and emphasized. So, maybe Zochet to understand this, to understand chametz, and to understand every stage of psukim as we go along, uh, and maybe be Zochet to learn together this masechet and to finish shas many times together in good health.